You're listening to the voice of Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Nick Rizzo. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM Channel 2. How's everybody doing out there today? I'm Nick Rizzo, your Friday host of Offsides. And today I'm joined by Greg Mazzo and WGLS-FM Sports Director Jack Miller. How you boys doing today? Doing pretty good. A uh, little stressful day here at the uh, WGLS studios, but all is well. Um, we got a lot of we got some some sports here and there to talk about. It's a little quiet um, as we get into the beginning of March, um, but yeah, um, it's a pretty solid day today. Same here. Doing pretty decent. Um, you know, it's that time of the year where you know it's really just basketball going on right now. Baseball spring training's underway. Regular season will be here soon. Um, football season's been over for a while now after the Super Bowl, so, you know, it's just that time of the year. Yeah, it's kind of a dead zone right now in the sports world. The NBA starting to get into full swing. The NHL as well, but, you know, they're, the NHL, there's not as many fans out there compared to the other leagues, NBA, NFL, MLB. Greg, I saw you earlier on All Access, but, uh, yeah, Jack, some technical difficulties with the Rome basketball game today, unfortunately. Yeah, Doc and Locke, I feel bad for them. But uh, they're, they're trying to get the, the stuff working down there. But Catholic just doesn't want to uh, to help out today. So <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like a it's just a lose-lose. They're two and a half hours away, and they, can't re- have, they, don't, they don't really have anything else to do. So but. Yeah, for some context, Rowan Radio's broadcasters drove down to Washington, D.C. today to call the first round of the NCAA tournament. But, you know, these days with technology, unfortunately, there were some technical difficulties. So Tom Hill, who I'm staring at directly Absolutely across from me. Absolutely clutch man right there. Tom yep. Hill, I owe him the world today. He's done a fantastic job as play-by-play. Literally got three-minute notice. And he is calling a fantastic game that Rowan came back. I think they were down 11 at one point. Now they're leading by nine. So looks like the uh, profs have 33 seconds left. Most likely they'll uh, the men's team will be moving on to the second round, best of 32. Yeah, I remember what I told you before, Jack, about uh, Tom Hill, that, that you wanted to kick him out of the group chat. Yeah, I mean, Tom does a lot of <laughs> trolling, so he had it coming. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, I would say Tom is the king of trolling here in the <laughs> yeah. sports department. <laughs> but, hey, uh, I had this... I had to stick up for him a little bit there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he deserves the world. I mean, I, I wouldn't actually kick him out. It's just jokes. But still, yeah. I mean, I own the world. I uh, I I got to buy him like a like a drink or something tonight. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, shout out to Tom Hill. And on the bright side, as Jack said, looks like Rowan is cruising their way to a victory right now with 30 seconds left in the game. So they'll be advancing to the second round of the NCAA tournament. And we know last year they made it to the Sweet 16, so we'll see if they could top that performance this year. But it's time to talk about some NBA, boys. We mentioned it here at the beginning. And the NBA, it's March now, March 1st today. So it's starting to get in the full swing. The playoffs are going to begin in just over one month. So teams are starting to fight for seeding, even fight for a play-in spot. You know, some certain players are starting to fight for season-long awards. But last night... We had two national TV games. First, it was Warriors at Knicks at Madison Square Garden. And really, Golden State didn't have any interest in making that one a competition yesterday. They got off to a crazy run in the beginning of the game. They were winning 14 to nothing at the beginning of the game. The Knicks started to come back here and there in bits and pieces, but it really was never a game where you were like, okay, the Knicks could genuinely come back and win this. The Warriors had full control throughout, and they are just on an absolute tear right now, Golden State. Steph Curry last night, 31 points and 11 rebounds, eight three-pointers. Golden State has won seven straight road games, and they're really starting to come into their own here in the Western Conference. They still sit in the number 10 seed after their bit of a slow start to the season, 
but they they have a comfortable lead in that 10 seed. They're they are 10 and a half games out of the of the number 1 seed and Utah who is number 11 is 15 and a half back. So it would take a crazy uh comeback out of Utah the rest of the season here to make a push for the play in tournament, especially with how good Golden State's been playing. But This proposed the question to me last night when I was watching this game because Golden State is the number 10 seed and obviously very slow start to the season. Had many people in the sports world questioning, okay, is the dynasty officially over now? Is Golden State's core reaching its end? And there's been some, definitely some adversity for Golden State this season. Draymond Green suspended, Klay Thompson not living up to his expectations that he's set throughout his career kind of taking a step back Uh, of course Golden State's assistant coach tragically passed away uh, a month or so ago and so a lot of uh, adversity Golden State's had to face this season but one consistent part for them has been Stephen Curry and he has been playing extremely well all season long and now all the other pieces are starting to fall into place as well so Jack I'll start off with you not just based off last night's game, but over over this stretch of games that we've seen the past couple of weeks, how serious of a contender do you think Golden State can be in the West this year? The West or conference is pretty much kind of it's it's like how the people back then would call the West. It's wild out there, you know. It's the Wild West, and the there's as you said, only ten and a half games between the Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves, who sit at the number one seed. But if you look at the Eastern Conference. It's uh, Boston sitting at the top with a 46-12 and 12 record, but the 10th seed, the Atlanta Hawks, they're 20-and-a-half games back. There's yep. a huge difference. There's an eight-game difference between Boston and Cleveland, um, and Cleveland is the second seed. And eight games back is Dallas, who is uh, the seventh seed in the West. So there's a lot of different um, teams out there that are looking to compete out in the West and Golden State, they found their rhythm um, at least recently. They, as you said, you found Clay Thompson in a role on the bench, which actually has been kind of fitting for Clay Thompson. Um, you had you you one thing that you forgot to mention, Nick, is that Chris Paul was out for a while, and yep. then you had uh, Podzimski come in for a little bit and try and take over that point guard role off the bench for Curry, who's done a very solid job in place for him. Uh, he's been doing spectacular as a point guard off the bench in, uh, in uh, for a uh, Curry spot pretty much um, during games. And also Draymond Green suspensions. But you also had Kaminga come in as a starter. He expressed, hey, Steve Kerr, I should be in the starting rotation. He got his wish, and he's been balling at the four spot for, mm-hmm. the, uh, for the Warriors. And they've clicked ever since. Ever since uh, all that stuff happened they've been forming they've been gelling and they're at the 10th seed Rizzo as you were saying and they can be a force to be reckoned with I think that it the problem is that there's just so many tough teams out there Uh, and for their sake it's tough for them to be in the west if they were the eastern conference I could I would say that hey they could probably make a push in the east but there's a lot of solid teams out in the west and I don't see them going that far, really. I just, I, like, I think it's going to go back to them, kind of what it was last year. They have a really good first round, but after that, I don't really see them making it that far. I mean, they could still be a playing team, which is crazy. Yeah, and they could, and they might be on thin ice. If you're the 10th seed, you can't lose a game in the playing tournament. Yeah. So, I think that they could be winners of a playing tournament, but it's difficult. They have a lot of teams to get around. It'd be one crazy, crazy run if they were able to make it at, to the 7th or 8th seed from the 10th seed uh, due to the play-in tournament. But I really see their ceiling at the second round. It, it's it's just tough because you have teams like New Orleans. You have teams like Phoenix. You have teams like the Clippers who have been outstanding since they found their rhythm with James Harden. You still got the Nuggets, OKC, the Timberwolves. It's it is a crazy crazy Western Conference out there and a lot of competition to go through, and I just don't see the Warriors overcoming those mountains because they're kind of too steep for them at this point in time. They 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 have Curry, but there's no one else to kind of help him out to an extent where they can get past these 
huge mountains out in the West. Yeah, and of course, last season, Golden State fell to the Lakers in the second round. And it, I just want to touch on a quick point that you mentioned. The numbers are there for Jonathan Kuminga. Uh, obviously, he wasn't a part of my spiel there before I tossed it over to you, Jack. But mm-hmm. the numbers when he starts and gets and gets 30-plus minutes are drastically different than when he comes off the bench and plays, you know, say 22, 25 minutes. I mean, he, he's just one of those guys that you plug into the starting lineup and his mentality just changes, just becomes a completely different player. But when I look at the Western Conference, I look at Golden State and I say, okay, this core has been together, Steph, Clay, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr. They've been together and winning championships since 2015. They've even been together a couple years before that too. But And then you add Chris Paul into the mix too. This is a team with a lot of experience and a lot of games under their belt, especially come playoff time. And come and come playoff time, I just think that's completely invaluable. The the biggest asset that you could have on your side come playoff time is experience in the NBA. And so, Greg, I know you're a Knicks fan, so I'm going to mm-hmm. toss things over to you now. Yep. What what did you see out of Golden State last night, and what are your thoughts on their outlook uh, come April? So I haven't. I didn't really watch any of the game last night because I was um, actually in Bazorth Hall, but I was watching a movie um, in in the, the auditorium, so I didn't get a chance to watch the game last night. But I know as of right now, the Knicks are banged up. They have a lot of injuries. They have to get Randall back. Some of these other guys, OG Ananobi, um, they've been banged up for a while. They've been struggling. And with the Warriors, they're hot. They're playing right now their best basketball of the season, like you mentioned, Nick. Uh, they won their last seven road games and I'm going to give you two teams right now one from each conference that I think um can definitely make a run as a lower seed and maybe a team that nobody wants to see in the first round one of them's obviously the Warriors because I think with the experience with Steph Clay Draymond I don't even think it matters what they do in the regular season or what roster they have it's about what they do in the playoffs because that's mainly been the thing for Golden State. If they get to the playoffs, we'll see what happens. We'll make adjustments from there. They don't care about what happens in the regular season. It's about winning championships, and that's why they have four championships since 2015. And then in the other conference, I'm going with the Miami Heat as well because we have seen this before with them. They went to the finals last year as a number eight seed. They have been to the finals in two of the last four years, and it's just a team that you can't count out because Miami knows how to – how to play against some of these top teams. And I, I that's why I, I, I like both of those teams a lot because they have the experience, um, they have the depth, they have the talent. And I think if the Warriors get a first-round matchup with either Minnesota or Oklahoma City, I think they can win that. I think if it's Denver or the Clippers, it might be a little bit different because both teams are a little bit more experienced. And, yes, I am big on experience when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, we haven't really seen Minnesota or – the Thunder in those big games um, just yet. And I know both teams have been really good. Anthony Edwards is obviously a a superstar in this league. Shea Gilders, Alexander is an MVP candidate. Um, But with Denver and the Clippers, we've seen Kawhi been there, done that before with the Raptors, obviously, and with the Spurs. Uh, With the Nuggets, we saw that with Jokic last year, Jamal Murray. um, That squad has... um, always been there and they 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 won the championship last year i think those are the te- two teams you may want to stay away from if you're golden state now obviously you want to stay out of that seven through ten range if you can to avoid the play-in because i do think in playing games like that anything can happen um because they're only one game two games if you get another chance obviously so um i think if you're golden state you want to see a matchup with minnesota or okc in the first round just because i think they're the experience edge um, would favor Golden State. You saw that last year against Sacramento when they were down 2-0 and they were able to come back and win that series. Um, so I think Golden State is definitely a team you need to look out for, even the Lakers as well if they um, if they get a first-round matchup, obviously. We saw them make a nice run last year going to the Western Conference Finals. So it'll be an interesting playoffs to see this year because I definitely think the West is as wide open as it's ever been. And I can obviously, maybe you can, eh, I mean, the East might be a little bit different. I think this could be Boston's year um, with the way they've been playing. And 
Milwaukee hasn't really been the team that they were last year and the year that they won the championship. I know a lot of people were not happy when they um, – who's the head coach that they fired again? Then they bought Adrian in, Griffin. Yep, they fired Griffin, and then they they bought in Doc Rivers. I know everybody was not a fan of that. Um, you obviously have the Cavs up there. I think the Knicks, if they get healthy, can definitely make a run. The Sixers, if they get Embiid back. So I think a lot of these teams right now in the East are extremely banged up. The Celtics, I think this is their best team that they've had in the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown era. Obviously, adding Porzingis, who can get it done on both ends. Um, they just have so much depth. I mean, they really do. They're 46-12. and 12. They're sitting as the number one seed right now in the East. They're, I think they're far and away better than any, everybody right now. Yeah, I mean, um, look, getting Porzingis for Boston was obviously a game-changer for them, and we've seen that throughout the regular season so far. And, look, I'm not, I'm not sitting over here saying Golden State's going to make some sort of finals run and win the finals, but I, I, I have to agree with you, Greg. I'm just saying you got to look out for them because you certainly can't count them out. Uh, even if they are the 10 seed, because if they're the 10 seed and it would actually be really interesting if Golden State and the Lakers met up in round one of the play in tournament right now, but you, you just simply can't count out Golden State. I know Clay Thompson is approaching his mid thirties. You know, he's not the same player he once was Draymond Green as well. I mean, these guys with the exception of Steph Curry, who just seems to be getting better with age somehow, it's not the same core and they don't you know, have the same abilities that they once did, you know, six, seven years ago. But they are a team that has a lot of experience under their belt and they can still play and they've shown it recently. So you definitely need to look out for them. But, Jack, I, I know you, you might have took that one a little personal with uh, with Greg saying that he would welcome a matchup with OKC in the first round. You being an OKC Thunder fan, you know, it, it hypothetically, if it was Golden State, OKC, Golden State makes it out of the play-in tournament, uh, Oklahoma City is the number one or two seed, you know, unbiasedly, how do you think that one would shake out? I mean, I think it'd be somewhat close, but I don't think it's going to be like like them winning, honestly. But <laughs> I didn't even know I mean, OKC or Golden State. Yeah, so I think with the Thunder, they, they are one of the most, honestly, like – like the most honest I've ever been. This is probably the most surprising team I've seen this year. And oh no, absolutely. I yeah. mean, the, like I expected them to have a leap year, but to have like bursts where you're in the one seed. I mean, you're one game back behind in the one seed right now. You're second in the West. But they these the the Thunder have dominated against against huge teams. You've dominated at home against Boston. You dominated on the road against the Timberwolves. You dominated in Denver um, and beat them by, like, double digits. And these are the top teams in the entire NBA. And I like it's ironic for me to say this because they literally just lost last night to this freaking San Antonio Spurs. But, <laughs> like, the, <laughs> I, I understand the experience part. And what's what, um, touching back on that, the, the experience is there with the players, right? But the, also the experience has to come with the coach as well. So Eric Spolstra, Steve Kerr, they have the experience to at least reach and actually win the NBA Finals. And they, the coaching aspect comes along with it as well. The Clippers I'm a little bit skepti skeptical about because Harden's been to the Finals, Kawhi's won the Finals and been to the Finals um, a, few, a few times as well. Um Paul George doesn't have that experience yet, but still, I mean, it, I think it has to gel, but um, the coaching um, experience isn't really that much there either. But the thing is, is like with going back to OKC, and I want to make a point about this, and I literally saw this this morning, and I'm happy we're bringing this up. Um, Phil Jackson, you know, back in 2008, presented the theory to, uh, that said that you must win 40 games before you lose 20 to be seen as an elite team, and uh, it became known as the 40-20 rule, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 27 of the last 30 NBA champions fall in that 40-20 category. That's interesting. And the only exceptions were the 2004 Pistons, 2006 Heat, and 2021 Milwaukee Bucks. And the 40-20 teams this season are the Boston Celtics, the Denver Nuggets, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> and Jack the, is smelling a finals run. <laughs> and the Thunder have beaten and dominated all three of those teams. That's all I'm saying. They have life, and I think they can make a really deep run. 
for the Thunder to have legitimately, for the season they're having right now, in order for it to be considered the most successfully possible, right? The most successfully possible, right? You have to make it to the Western Conference Finals. They they can do it. They they really can. And I think that they're obviously their main goal is to win the whole thing. That's everyone's goal, right? But um, for the Thunder to like really mark it as a really successful season, if you make it to the Western Conference Finals, that's an absolute win. And oh yeah. But I really do think that the they could come out of the West as the top team. It'll be tough matchups up ahead. I mean the the mountains are going to be. Like I was talking about how steep the mountains are for Golden State, but um, Oklahoma City is part of that those steep mountains. Um, but and they've proven that they can climb and dominate it and get to the top and plant their flag in them. And so, I really do think that um, Oklahoma City can make a pretty deep run, no matter that they do have a lack of experience. I mean, their whole team is the youngest team. I know they have a young. They have a lesser like age ratio than some college teams it's insane but i mean you, the, they're led by sga who could be an mvp shet holmgram is in the rookie of the year conversations he won't win it because of Wemby. but they also have j-dubs who's had an absolute really really solid star season this year i'm not gonna call him a superstar but he is a star in the league um he's made so many jump shots his jump shot has improved through the roof um and the whole team's clicking um so they they can make they can they've already gelled which is insane because they're young and they have a new coach within the past few years so i think that even though they don't have the experience the the coaching is there the talent is there and they can make a pretty deep run don't be surprised if i'm back in here on another friday in like april and <laughs> in, in or may when the thunder are in the western conference finals maybe in the nba finals well i mean look if you if you told me before the season, okay, the Thunder are going to win 50-plus games in the regular season, be a top seed in the playoffs, and make the second round or the Western Conference Finals, I would, if I was a Thunder fan, I would say give me that all day long. Yeah. Because, and it, it honestly, even if the Thunder do get, go out in the second round of the playoffs, that's still a success in my eyes for them. Just considering where they're at in their trajectory. And, you know, obviously there were some people saying, okay, they could make a push for the playoffs, maybe avoid the play-in tournament. But being 41-18 and 18 on March 1st and being comfortably in the number two seed, I mean, I don't think anybody would have expected this out of OKC. Legitimately, I think I, my predict prediction for them this year was to be a seven like a six seven eight seed this year not a one two three seed this year like they yeah they've they have met the expectations and gone beyond the expectations for mm -hmm. every thunder fan including myself way beyond and obviously you're led by sga who's uh one of the main mvp candidates this year but hey you said it too uh jack jalen williams i mean he's having a phenomenal season shout out j-dubs man he's doing mm -hmm. great he's averaging almost 20 points per game on just about 45% from three. And we've seen some pop games out of him, too, where yeah. he could drop 30, even close to 40-some games, too. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you have Chet Holmgren. It's his rookie season. He's right in the thick of the Rookie of the Year race with Wemby. You know, you said it probably won't win it just because. No, I mean, Wemby's a yeah. freak. I mean, yeah, he's a <laughs> – and we saw it last night. I mean, absolutely unbelievable stuff from Wemby. Uh, just a little nugget in here. First player in NBA history, Wemby, last night to 25 points, 10 rebounds, Five assists, five blocks, and five threes in a game. Yeah, like I, it's it's tough because I have him in fantasy basketball, and it's it's sleeper when you have to uh, like lock in like their their performances, and I'm locking in like some games where I'm like, oh yeah, like these this is a solid game, but who knows if he's gonna have another freak game? And then he does, and then he scores. So like I locked in this week a 57 fantasy point performance from him and then last night he drops 80 i'm like all right well i can't even i can't even lock in a 57 point game because yeah. he's gonna have like a 70 or 80 point game against some random team like yeah my fantasy basketball team took a hit when uh joel Embiid, zach levine and Lamelo ball all got Ooh. injured for me Ooh. so i'm yeah. thankfully in three leagues but yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> i've been kind of tuned out of fantasy basketball recently <laughs> after that i would be. Yeah, yeah for those reasons yeah but it's, now, hard, it's hard to keep up with your teams when all your players are hurt 
you know. Yeah, that's that's got to be rough. But yeah, and I feel bad. I think <laughs> I think with the Thunder, they have definitely been a very interesting story this year with the way they've been playing and even the expectations before the season started. Like even if the Thunder don't go to the finals, um, and they lose in the second or the third round. I don't even think it's a failure of a season for them because before the season, nobody thought that they would be as good as they are this year. And I think you can even make the same case for the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. I don't think anybody would say on March 1st that the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder would be the number one and two seeds currently as of right now with Denver, the Clippers, the Suns, the Pelicans, all right behind them and the Lakers and the Warriors both teams that were in the second round of the playoffs last year as the 9 and 10 seeds. So, but like I said, anything can happen when it comes to the playoffs. We saw the the Heat go to the finals last year as a number 8 seed. Um like we were saying before, I think it's really going to come down to experience and um you know, it, it's going to be a very interesting playoffs. I'm really curious to see because I think the West is very wide open. Um in the East I think the top 5 teams were kind of expected Boston. I think it's a little bit different with Milwaukee being at number three. The Cavs have been playing really good. Actually, right now they are – well, they're currently says it's tied right now. But um, the but top they, five – they've been seed, on a tear, though, Cleveland. Yeah. yeah, they have been. They have been. And uh, we know Donovan Mitchell. I, I, hope, I wish he was a Nick. He should be a Nick. Hopefully in the future he is. <laughs> um, but Donovan Mitchell is just an absolute superstar in this league. Um, then you got Milwaukee, obviously, with Giannis. Uh, the Knicks, the Sixers, those were projected to be the top five teams in the East before the season started. I want to go back to Golden State real quick, too, and just talk about, like, the core where Curry, Clay, and Draymond. I know Clay hasn't had the season that we all expected him to have, and there's been a lot of off-the-court issues with Draymond Green with the suspension and stuff. But I think come playoff team, this is, this is, this is a team that you never want to count out, and it's because they've been there, they've done that before, with Steph Curry, it's almost like with Patrick Mahomes. Like, like if Patrick Mahomes gets to the playoffs, which he usually does every year, it's almost a guarantee, um, you can't count him out. It doesn't matter who's around him. And you can make the same argument for Steph Curry. If, if Steph Curry's in the playoffs, you can't ever count him out. The guy's won four championships for the reason. Um, and Steve Kerr's been there, you know, ever since the dynasty started. So... I think until those guys, the the core of uh, what we've seen from the past decade with Golden State, if that core is there, I think the dynasty is still intact because I'm not saying that they're going to go to the finals, but I think they're a team. um, It's a team that just can't be counted out. I agree. And, you know, there's been some comparisons floating around recently of Steph Curry being the Mahomes of the NBA. You know, I don't think it's too far-fetched out there. You know, both unicorns, like you said, Greg, yeah. you can't count either of them out. You know, if you if you skim over the East real quick, I just want to go over that briefly. You know, is there a team that you really trust out there? Because I know Boston's been on a tear this season. Uh, but, you know, do do we fully trust Joe Missoula come playoff time? I'm going to go ahead and say no. Okay, Cleveland Cleveland and New York are very similar to me. It's okay. They're putting together great seasons, but do they necessarily have the firepower that it takes to play four tough playoff series and ultimately raise the Larry O'Brien at the end of the year? I'm not sure. Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson, both great players, but you know, can, can they take that next step and be that guy that takes the helm and leads their team to the championship as the clear number one option. I mean, we'll see Milwaukee. I'm going to be honest. I'm just completely (laughs) counting out Milwaukee right now, just because of the fact that doc rivers is their coach. (laughs) And this might be some resentment coming from a Sixers fan, but I I saw that man coach us in the playoffs. It's a valid point. Like seriously, like I, I, I I counted him out since the signing. I mean, yeah. Like, I, when you I don't when you disagree. had Griffin and he was doing so well, I think he, he was what twenty seven and ten or something like that. I don't disagree. Like yeah, that yeah. that, that was that was incredible. Like that like that's a good coach. And then all of a sudden you just fire him. Like what? Like yeah. like like I don't get how that's not a, like how that's not a good coach. I don't care like if there's some different coaching aspects that he's bringing in. Like it's not like he's like physically abusing them uh, to play basketball. Like. He's he's obviously getting you wins in the game, so um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like, <laughs> you gotta um, like you you 
keep the coach, man. Like, unless he's actually legitimately doing something legally wrong. Like, Well, Jack, you you know the stars run the NBA in this league, and, you know, there was floating out there that Giannis and Damian Lillard weren't necessarily a fan of what Adrian Griffin was bringing to the table. So you have to kind of, you know, at least take that into some consideration that that was a big impact in the why Griffin got fired. But Boo-hoo, man. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, like, boo-hoo. I, I don't I don't disagree with both of you guys. I think <laughs> Doc Rivers is a massive problem. He has not shown that he has been able to to be a good coach when it comes to the playoffs. Really just like like any like I understand Doc Rivers has been around for a long time in terms of coaching and obviously he played um, but he's always been surrounded by superior talent. We saw that obviously this year with the Bucks. We saw that with the Sixers. We saw that with the Clippers. And he just has not been able to get those teams over the top. He blows three-one leads in the playoffs. We, I mean, it's the same narrative we've seen from Doc Rivers. And I don't know if I can trust the Bucks in the playoffs because of Doc Rivers coaching that team. I know Giannis is there. I know Lillard is there. But again, you know, it comes down to, to coaching philosophy. I just don't think he's gonna. I just if, if Doc Rivers didn't do it with the Sixers, if he couldn't do it with the Clippers, then what makes you think he's gonna do it now? Is he ever gonna change? Yeah, I don't think he has. And I think um, I'm gonna say this right now. I think the I think fully healthy, the biggest threat to the Celtics, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Knicks fan. Here but I th- I think the Knicks are the second best team in the East, and here's why I'm gonna say that: fully healthy Knicks. I think matches up best with the Celtics. I think the Knicks have the depth when everyone's healthy with the way that Brunson's been playing this year. If they get Mitchell Robinson back, he's going to anchor the um, the middle on defense, obviously. Um, I think he can go toe-to-toe with Kristaps Porzingis, obviously. Um, they have other pieces that I think when, at the, when they made that trade, trading away R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly for O.G. Ananobi, I was not on board with that trade. And I'll tell you this, I was so wrong because when they bought over Ananobi, um, it strengthened the Knicks' defense. Um, and we know Tom Thibodeau is a head coach. He's more of a defensive guy. And I think that's been the main difference of why the Knicks have been playing so much better ever since they made that trade. And they have so much more depth. And they went out and traded for Bogdanovich. Uh, who was a 20-point scorer over in Detroit, and then you're adding him over here to the Knicks. DiVincenzo's been playing really good. The Knicks are the deepest team, I think, in the East outside of Boston right now. That's why I think they have a little bit of an edge over Philly, especially when the Knicks have played the Sixers this year, Nick. I mean, the one game, um, Jalen, I think it was Jalen Brunson or Randall didn't play, and Embiid actually played in that game for the Sixers, and the Knicks won by 36 and then, uh, what was it, last week, the Knicks beat the Sixers um, as well. So the Knicks have had the Sixers number this year. Yes, but, uh, okay. Here the, we go. the Knicks just <laughs> randomly decide to become 2016 Golden State whenever they step into Wells Fargo Center, Wh- which makes sense, though, because of all the Villanova boys that they have <laughs> on their squad. But I, I like the Knicks. I currently have them number three in the East. But, you know, you, you got to give Boston number one at this point. Uh, but number two, I would have Miami as Boston's biggest contender just because, you know, what you said, Greg, they, they've they done it before. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals pretty regularly in the past five years, and they just eliminated Boston from the playoffs last season, and, you know, playoff Jimmy is different. But before we wrap up our NBA talk, I just want to briefly touch on the Lakers because two straight nights now. First Wednesday night, LeBron James leads a ginormous comeback against the Clippers. My glorious king. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. I, I, okay. I'm say I I have a very specific question for you. Okay. At the end here, Jack. All right. I'll wait for it. But <laughs> LeBron, 34 points on Wednesday, five threes in the fourth quarter, led a 21 point comeback against the Clippers, and then last night the Lakers had their work cut out for them against the Wizards. The Wizards forced OT against the Lakers. But LeBron James and Anthony Davis ultimately prevailed. 40 points from Anthony Davis. Another 31 from LeBron last night. And the Lakers are sitting just above the Warriors right now in the Western Conference standings. They are the number 9 seed, just a half game above Golden State. And obviously the Lakers made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals last season. And so, real quick, Greg, how legit do you think the Lakers can be come playoff time? Yeah, you know, it, it, it. this is – the Lakers have been very interesting because 
you probably remember a couple years ago when they traded for Russell Westbrook and that they thought they had a legit big three with LeBron, AD, and Westbrook, and that never worked out. And then I think the Lakers needed to reconstruct the roster a little bit, and they got rid of Westbrook. And I think once they started to gel with a team that they had towards the end of last year and they made some trades and reconstructed their roster, they were able to get to the Western Conference Finals. And we thought that was going to lead going into this year. We thought the Lakers would be at least a top five, top four team in the West. And that just hasn't been the case. Um, but, I mean, look, if you you can make the same case, obviously, for the Lakers a little bit as Golden State because the Lakers have been there before and they've done that, obviously winning the finals in 2020 with LeBron and AD. And LeBron, obviously, we know, you know everything about him and stuff and the AD and stuff. So, I mean – I think with the Lakers, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them down the road. I, I I think maybe they could be, maybe if they can scare one of these teams in the first round. But I think other than that, I don't really know if they have much or they have what it takes to get all the way. It's almost like with the Warriors. Like, both, both rosters aren't really, like, significantly deep. And I think that's why they haven't been as – like, they have the superstars. Like, we've seen with the Suns, they have the superstars. We saw this with the Clippers. They have the superstars. But I think it really just comes down to depth and a couple other players that are just X-Factors. Who's going to hit the big shots in the big moments? And I think that's what's really going to come down to. We see this all the time in the playoffs. And I just don't know if the Lakers have enough. Yeah, though you said it. I mean, the Lakers and Warriors are pretty similar to me just in the aspect of – you know, they're towards the bottom of the standings, but come playoff time, they have these big-time players, the, this big star power experience. Maybe that'll be able to vault them forward in the playoffs a little bit, but in the West, I mean, I'm still I'm still just locked in looking at Denver here. It, it's Denver is exactly like Golden State to me in terms of the experience aspect, except they're just way younger and way more fresh and way more in their prime than Golden State is. Obviously, they just won the finals last year. And if I look around the West, I don't see a team I trust more than the Denver Nuggets come playoff time. And so, quick thing though, how, you were talking about experience earlier. How much experience did they have last year? Who they, Denver? Ex- zero. That is a good point. Zero. But okay, well, they but, have Caldwell Pope for the Lakers. De- what Denver did have last year was continuity. That same core yeah. that won the finals last year, they were together for the previous. At four seasons, five seasons, yeah. they were finally able to get over that hump. And, you know, we, we remember back in the bubble, bubble Jamal Murray, you know, Nick, uh, Nikola Jokic was still on the team back then. It just it took him a few years to get over that hump. But that that's why, just quick side note, that's why I think the NBA is kind of trying to start moving away from the build a super team and go all in for one year because I think you do need that continuity and that depth to you know, eventually push yourself over the hump. All right, Jack. To wrap up this NBA discussion, is LeBron the goat? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really do think he is. I mean, LeBron is probably one of the the best freaks of nature we've ever seen go on a basketball court. And Greg, I know you're shaking your head, but I'm gonna ignore it. But <laughs> I mean, I I don't like it comes down to for some people it comes down to rings for some people for me it comes down to talent and lebron james is a better talented basketball player than michael jordan i mean i understand michael's got six lebron's got four i mean and michael's won all six i understand that but lebron i mean he's about to reach forty thousand points total unbelievable what what like like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar set the set set the record at thirty eight thousand and change, and LeBron's going for forty thousand. And I think when, when when's their next game tonight? It's tomorrow night against Denver yeah. on national television. He's nine points away. So yeah, so in he, all likelihood, we'll get that it. on ABC. Yes, probably. Yeah, I mean it's it's another record for LeBron. It's going to go on ABC. <laughs> so, but. He's been to so many playoffs. He's what now, a twenty-time All Star? I mean, this guy's nuts. I mean, yeah, his I mean, athleticism on the court—he can, he can go downhill, get you a layup, get you some dunks too if you need him. Can shoot the mid-range, fade away in the post, can hit down threes, and he's averaging around. A, uh, there's a point two difference in three-point percentage with freaking Steph Curry this year, and he's in his twentieth, twenty-first year as 
a basketball player. This guy has been consistent, consistent, consistent. And his numbers when he won last MVP are similar this year. They're, they're better this year than when he last won MVP. He's the one of the most consistent basketball players we've ever seen in the NBA. And he will go down as the greatest basketball player to ever walk on the court. I mean, I know it's going to there's always going to be this debate forever and ever and ever, but I like I I really don't see how like Michael like he still can play defense too. Like everyone brings up like the depoys that Michael Jordan has too. I mean, he's still he, he can get you steals, he can get you blocks as well. He rebounds the ball too. He has a vision of a point guard. Like he has the vision of magic. And he has the rebounding ability. I'm not going to compare it too much like Dennis Rodman, but there's there's some there's some glimpses. Okay, of it. all right. Let, let's not go that far. But. There's some glimpses of it. I mean, like, but he can still rebound you the ball, right? Like, no, but I do agree. A- NBA fans really need to stop taking this man for granted because what yeah. he's doing is truly special. I- I've kind of come to terms on this uh, on this debate. LeBron is the best player ever. Like you said, sheer talent. He's the best player to ever step foot on a basketball court. But Michael Jordan is the greatest ever. And the distinction is Michael Jordan, number one, saved the NBA. He made the NBA global. He made it a global game. And you could you can't even argue it. It's it's a fact that the NBA wouldn't be where it's at today without Michael Jordan and what he did. And so yeah, that that's the distinction for me. Michael Jordan, greatest, LeBron best here's the difference that i have between jordan and lebron jordan is six and zero in the finals lebron is four and six i'm not even just going to go there look in the eras that both players played in lebron plays in more of a uh, an era where not enough players i think play defense in the nba i'm going to be completely honest with you i think that's why that's bullcrap I, don't I I mean, look at the points that they're giving up now. They're every well, nowadays giving up 120 points. Nowadays, if, not if, 10 years ago. If you go to if you go to the days where Jordan played, the the, the era was more tougher. Like you're able to foul players more, and they they, they, they would get away. With, like players get away with calls now all the time. Yeah, they, but Jordan he, also he was, never ran into a Golden State though. But but and but, never a uh, San Antonio Spurs ran by Greg Popovich, who knows how to pass the ball and play defense. Well, Jordan also went up against some really tough teams, though. I'm, I'm going to tell you that. And, yeah, I'm not saying Jordan he did. Not, yeah, I'm Jordan, saying Jordan three-peated twice too. But look, it, and he didn't also have to jump teams like LeBron did. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. All right. Let, let, I really, also, I really didn't want to dive deeper into this, but yeah. we're. we're we're getting uh, down the rabbit hole. We're we're getting down into the. We could rabbit have another hole. discussion. Uh, this for another day. That's gonna wrap up our NBA talk. Don't go anywhere though. We will be right back here on Offsides on Rowan Radio, WGLS FM Channel Two. To some, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much, but that's not true. They're testing out vowels and consonants and trying different sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on meaning, especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. 
Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM Channel 2. You're listening to Friday's edition of Offsides. I'm your host, Nick Rizzo. Joining me today is Greg Mazzo and WGLS Sports Director Jack Miller. And yes, we took a step off briefly for the past couple episodes of Offsides, but we are back with Fun Friday. Yes, it is Fun Friday, and it's especially fun because it is the first of the month. It's the first of the (laughs) month. And so (laughs) it's a very fun Friday here today. And the weather's getting warmer. It was a beautiful day out earlier. Got a little bit chilly as the day went along. But today for our Fun Friday Top 5, we're going to do Top 5 Favorite Foods. Yes, this is a personal preference of your favorite foods in the entire world. I'm going to go left to right here. Greg, I'll start with you. Let me hear your top five favorite foods. I I only have two right now. You want to start with Jack? I might need a little bit more time. Oh, you need more thinking. I think oh. I need a little bit more thinking. I have a this. list. All right, all right, all list. right. Let's go over to Jack. If you want, you... you can go before me too, Nick. <laughs> all right, I'll I'll save you for last, Greg. Right. You, Sounds good. All right, so that's that's making me believe you're going to bring some heat with this one. Maybe some <laughs> hot takes. We'll see. All right, Jack, what do you got for me? Um, so I just like I wish I kind of went into specifics of like what um like food or like what places I would get them at. But um, I'm going to start off with an honorable mention. Shout out Danny Ryan, who started off the honorable mentions with offsides. But okay. I'm just going to go with a really basic answer and just go any chip. Any chip. Any chip. Any right. chip is an honorable mention. I think goes with anything, any kind of event. I mean, it, it's very dynamic. Makes you know? sense. Makes sense. I'm going to go with my favorite side for number five. We're going French fries. French fries are elite. That's the a best, classic. The elite side of any any meal. I think it can go as any side of any meal. But um, uh, shout out Saxby's for number four. I'm a huge fan of breakfast burritos now. Okay. Breakfast burritos smack, man. They they have been hitting. Been using my, a lot of my meal swipes for them, um, and they're 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 hitting well. Number three, quesadillas, man. I love quesadillas. They are probably one of my favorite things to like either make or go buy somewhere for lunch man i i like a chicken and cheese quesadilla maybe like a little hot sauce too Ooh, man <laughs> those are so good any kind of chicken is number two i love chicken yeah. um whether it's fried um whether it's just like tenders um grilled man chicken's just so good I, mm-hmm. it's so dynamic in, in that aspect too very it's, versatile yeah and then number one i've been eating it since the very beginning since like i was five maybe younger pizza i mean any oh, like yeah. pizza's so good like it's it's definitely the best um i'll tell you one thing my favorite pizza i've had was when i um, i'm a huge disney nerd um disney world nerd specifically um there's this place in hollywood studios called mama melrose it's this italian like nook um, in the back of Hollywood Studios, it had this um, like spicy meat and spicy um, like uh, marinara sauce as well. Mm-hmm. The best pizza I've ever had. That was, sounds so fun. It was so good, and I it really it really brought into my head how much I love pizza that day. And, yeah. <laughs> um, it was uh, that's my favorite pizza I've ever had, and yeah, that wraps up my list. So pizza one, chicken two, quesadilla three, breakfast burritos at four. French fries at number five, and then any kind of chip at six for my honorable mention. That's a beautiful list, Jack. I put I put some thought into it. I put some thought. <laughs> that into is a it, beautiful so. list. I don't really think there's like any really hot take in there too. Like they're they're pretty there's pretty good uh, foods in there at least for my in my head. Absolutely. So. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna start off with an honorable mention as well. You okay. know, you you made me think of that, so I'm gonna <laughs> throw in an honorable mention. We're just going with a classic. This is the epitome of American food right here. A burger. A cheeseburger. Yeah, I like that. And I'm not talking going to McDonald's or Wendy's and getting one. I'm talking about going to a burger spot. I got to ask you, Nick. How do you get it cooked? Uh, My burgers? Yeah. Medium. Good. Yeah. Good, good. Good, (laughs) Medium. And, okay, we're going to get into another food uh, shortly that I'm going to talk about the <laughs> the temperature on that, too. But a medium burger 
And like like I said, not McDonald's. You're going to like a burger shack. Yeah, like, you ain't getting no well done crap. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> so that burger honorable mention. I'm sorry, burger. I wanted to sneak you into the top five, but there's just so many foods out there. Yeah, there are a lot. Let's hear it. All right. So the order three through five is a little bit debatable to me. Okay. But number five, I'm going to go with steak. Okay. Mm. Yeah. You, just going to a restaurant. Getting a medium rare steak, yes. a filet mignon, a New York <laughs> strip, a ribeye, it doesn't matter. Steak gets the job done every single time. Get some potatoes on the side, get some lobster mac on the side. That's where french fries come in, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, potatoes, you could argue, are in the top five as well just because they're so versatile. Oh, yeah. Much like chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, disclaimer, they're not in my top five, but oh, maybe there'll be another honorable <laughs> mention there. That's fine. But steak, number five. Number four, I'm going to go with chicken wings specifically. Ooh. We're talking going to a restaurant. Oh, I completely forgot about wings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and really, I mean, I could go the route that you did too, Jack, of just any type of chicken because mm-hmm. it's just so versatile. It doesn't matter how you eat it. Yeah. But it, sitting down, rolling your sleeves up, and just <laughs> going to town yeah. on some chicken wings, there, there might be nothing better on planet Earth than doing that (laughs) number three now this might be a bit of a hot take depending on who the person is out there but i'm gonna go with sushi for number three Mm, okay i'm not sure if either you guys like sushi but i'll be completely honest i know the hype around sushi but i never had it so so i i used to not i used to not like sushi but then my mom started started to get me into eating sushi and i started to like it from there yeah I probably have this conversation two or three times a week with people. I say, oh, I'm craving sushi right now. Oh, sushi? No. Have you ever tried it? No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, don't knock it till you try it. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to knock it till I try it. So I'm, I I see why people love it, and every time usually when someone does have it, they love it, but I've never had it, but I respect it being a three. So I uh, I highly recommend that you go and try some. What would you recommend? Like, I know, I think, isn't there, like, stuff called, like, California rolls and stuff like that? Right? Do you like avocado? Uh, yeah, like, I can manage it, yeah. All right. Cal- if, you're, if you're an avocado guy, California roll. Mm-hmm. But if you're just strictly starting off first time eating sushi, I'd probably go with a nice little spicy tuna roll. Mm. Or, a, I tu- do love or spice. a tuna roll. I love spice, so yeah. that, might, that might slap. The, the tuna roll is kind of like the default of first time sushi eaters to me. Gotcha. So sushi at number three. Now, number two and number one for me have changed actually recently. My number two was always my number one. My number one was always my number two. But nowadays, March 1st, 2024, my number two is pasta. Okay. Okay. Now, I come from an Italian household. Mm. Pasta was eaten multiple times a week when I was a child. (laughs) And we're, we're talking all sorts of pasta. We're talking, you know, just typical with marinara, you know, fettuccine Alfredo, mac and cheese is in there too. It, all of that stuff combined, any sort of pasta you can think of in the number two spot. Number one is pizza. I mean, yeah. it, it's uh, it's undisputed. Undisputed. Man. I gotta go. I gotta follow your footsteps there, Jack. <laughs> pizza is just so good, man. And the thing is, you even, can't go wrong. You can't go wrong, even if you go to a spot. That's, you know, not the best that you've ever had. There's not a bad pizza spot out there. Exactly. And yeah. so uh, you, you could put anything on it. Pepperoni, sausage, bacon, meatballs, and underrated Have you ever pizza had deep topping. Dish? I've had deep dish before. Deep dish is so good. Dude. It's, uh, I think even if, like, you tried bad pizza, it, it still wouldn't be, like, really that bad. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't even know what bad pizza tastes like. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't <laughs> had that experience yet. I've had bad pizza, unfortunately. But I would say, like, if you have bad pizza, like, any other food at its worst is infinitely worse bad, than bad pizza, pizza at its worst. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, I see what you're was, saying. Like, it's I, really hard to mess it up. When I was kinda. younger, I didn't know the difference between good and bad pizza. I just thought pizza was pizza. Yeah, I mean, that's what kind of how you feel about it. And then once you get older, you're like, oh, yeah, like, I know the spot of where, yeah. like, I'm trying to go. Like, I'm, I've starting to become more of, like, a guy that likes crisp. And, like, I'm – usually I've – I was always a sauce guy, and I always am a sauce guy. But 
once you get that crisp in there as well, oh, and yeah. it's like a little bit well done too. Ooh. Oh yeah, that Ooh. well done pizza you can never go wrong. So I gotta good. tell you though, I gotta take a trip up to New York and Connecticut and try their pizza. Cause Dude, I've never had New York pizza. I still haven't been either, and yeah. I, I've heard a lot of great things. So mm-hmm. that's next on my bucket list. So we got steak at five, chicken wings at four. Or all sorts of chicken, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, sushi at three, pasta at two, and pizza at one. All right, Greg, best for last? Yep. What do you got for <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah, so you know how you were just talking about some heat? Well, I went to a little bit more specifics with my list. Right. So at number five, now I could obviously rearrange this a little bit, but I'm just going based off the top of my head here. At number five, I have homemade mac and cheese. Okay. Okay. Homemade, That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, homemade mac and cheese. I don't... I, I think what homemade mac and cheese is the best because it's made right from scratch. And it's just like you, you can see like the difference between just trying mac and cheese out of a regular box than making homemade mac and cheese. I think we were talking we were just talking about it before, Jack. You start to know the difference between like what good and bad food really is yeah. as you get older. When you're younger, you kind of just don't realize it. So I have homemade mac and cheese at number five. At number four. I have chicken marsala. Oh, my goodness. You are speaking my language with that. (laughs) Chicken marsala, that's right. Now, I could have went with a bunch of different chicken dishes, but I went with chicken marsala. Um, You go to a a nice Italian restaurant. That's something you can obviously get. I think it would be a very, very good dish. I suggest people go out there and try it. Number three, I went with shrimp linguine. Wow. Interesting. Okay. What do you think about that, Nick? The shrimp linguine? Shrimp linguine? I mean, hey, I'm a big linguine guy, so <laughs> you're speaking my language there, too. I got to be honest. Yep. All right. So, number two, we're going to go a little different here. I went with cheesesteak. How did I forget about cheesesteaks? Oh, oh, no. See, now I'm glad I went last, Nick. And that that's that's fun. coming from the New York guy, too. He's not even a Philly guy, so... Yeah. You, you you know it's something when Greg is talking about cheesesteaks in the cha- top two. All right, can I change my list? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I might That's need a redo on that. That is exactly All right, why I'm I went last. All right, I'm changing my list. Cheesesteak at four, breakfast burrito at five, French fry honorable mention. And chips, then I'm sorry, number one. Get out of here, <laughs> Get out of my list. Cheesesteak. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. And I could have went with pizza on this list, but since both of you guys chose pizza, I don't want to go – a 3P here. I know third time's the charm, but I want to go a little different than you guys. And number one is the most obvious answer you could have gone with. This is so, so easy. Penny Vodka. <laughs> Penny Ooh. Vodka. The Penny, that, okay. To be fair, that falls into the pasta category for me at number two. Yeah. Pa- Penny Vodka. I tell you, for the Super Bowl, you want to know what my dish was? I ordered from La Scala's right on Rowan Boulevard. I got I, – and I go to La Scala's all the time to get the same dish. I get <laughs> penny vodka with chicken, and I throw a little spinach over there to get some uh, okay. Get some veggies get in some there. Get some greens in there. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Hey, you need it. Yeah. You need it. And I got that for the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah. And there's many other times where I've gotten La Scala's. As a matter of fact, since we got spring break next week, maybe tomorrow, uh, I'll go to – I'll go to La Scala's and, and and order a dish from there and then bring it back to my dorm. Because yeah. what I do a lot of the times is I, I order out from there. So, like, it would take, like, I think 40 minutes for for me to pick up my food. So I would order it and then, you know, wait a little bit and then go and pick up my food. And I'll tell you, it's awesome. Even if you, you know, you go – because I know they say if you go there and eat it, it's better. But even if you just take it home, it's 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 – just as good, I think. Yeah. It's and, really, really good. And, hey, I really appreciate you going as in-depth as you did on your list. That was yeah. really fun. Yep. And you know it's legit when you're talking about eating Penny Vodka during the Super Bowl and you're not even eating buffalo chicken dip or wings or anything like that. Yeah. You I, know I, your love for Penny Vodka is legit you know when what? that happens. I actually had wings for the Super Bowl as well. So I, I ordered Penny Vodka with chicken and spinach, and then I also got uh, wings as well because every year – I would be at home watching the Super Bowl with my parents, and we would just go out and order wings and bring it back home uh, for the Super Bowl. Uh, we would even have nachos as well. Nachos is very underrated, yeah. I think. Yeah. I love nachos too. I'd have to agree. Um, 
And Crack's it, the top ten. Yeah, and that's even if you're getting Easily. beef nachos or turkey. You know, t- if you're doing turkey beef, and I I do a lot of turkey beef too. Mm. All right. Well, this conversation is making me hungry, so that'll just about <laughs> it do it. Time, so. Yeah, it is dinner time. <laughs> that'll just about do it for today's edition of Offsides. Greg Mazzo and Jack Miller joining me, Nick Rizzo, your Friday host of Offsides. Thank you all very much for tuning in and listening. I hope you all have a great night, great weekend, and we will see you next Friday right here on Rowan Radio, WGLS-FM, Channel 2. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.